It's all about basketball on today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. We're going to talk about why the Cardinals should go after former Mississippi signee Josh Hubbard. We'll also talk about Haley Van Lith and Mikasa Robinson taking home all ACC honors. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. For those who don't know who I am, I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. Also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. Want to take this time to thank you all, as I always do, for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. As I mentioned, all about basketball on today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about why I believe the Cardinals should go after recent, um, well, actually not recent, uh, a player that was just released from their national letter of intent from Mississippi, Josh Hubbard, 2023 guard that I believe Kenny Payne and company should start recruiting. We'll also talk about Haley Van Lith and Mikasa Robinson taking home all ACC honors. And to conclude the show, we will dive into a weekly mailbag segment. So to begin the show, well, obviously the men's basketball season's not over yet, but it kind of has been for a while in terms of record and um, you know what the postseason could look like or lack thereof so a lot of people are talking about what the roster is going to be next season we've talked about Dennis Evans we talked about Churchill Abass um, but a recent player has risen into conversation that is Josh Hubbard who was just released out of his national letter of intent from Mississippi when Kermit Davis was fired um, Hubbard a five foot ten guard from Mississippi uh, has been committed to the Mississippi program for a couple months signed with the program and now is um, back as an uncommitted prospect. Granted, I will say this for those that are not Louisville fans watching this video. I do understand that the chances of him leaving the state of Mississippi for college are probably slim. I think that Mississippi state is going to be a, um, you know, a big player in this recruitment I also think that Mississippi, depending on who they hire, could also get right back into this recruitment. So I I wouldn't necessarily write off either school. I think it it definitely could be a a battle between the two. I'm just saying in this episode that Wubble should at least, you know, kick the tires. Go after Josh Hubbard. Um, Whether or not that there's mutual interest, whether or not it is going to have any traction in the recruitment, that's yet to be seen. But I think at this point, you won't know unless you go for it. I mean, sure, it's probably likely that he won't leave Mississippi, but who knows? Um, For Louisville's sake, I think that this makes sense for both parties. I'm going to address the opposition to this right now. There's a couple of things that I've seen. Number one, um, you know, Hubbard's not ranked the highest. Number two, he's not tall enough to be a guard in Kenny Payne's system. Um, and number three, we need those scholarships for portal guards. Josh Hubbard, the leading scorer in Mississippi basketball history, is a player that can score at all three levels, does a good job of facilitating the ball, um, has a great feel for 
you know, offense in the half court and in transition. Solid on-ball defender as well that has a ton of athleticism. I mean, you see in a couple of different clips, him windmilling for being 5'10 is pretty special. Um, let's address the rankings part of this. Hubbard is ranked as the 89th best player in the class, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, 15th best point guard, number one in the state of Mississippi. According to 24-7 Sports, he's 127 nationally, 16th best point guard, number one in the state of Mississippi. Um, I get it. Um, you know, with the limited amount of scholarships left for the Cardinals to use, I mean, I, honestly, right now it's pretty um, – you know, it's pretty fluctuating at this point because you don't know how many players are going to come back and so on and so forth, right? So I think that, sure, I would understand if you're looking at this from, well, why use a scholarship on a guy that's ranked inside of the top 90 when you need players that are going to um, you know, compete right away, that are going to be able to produce right away? Dalton, you've been saying that multiple times. I have been. That's correct. What I will say, and this kind of goes into the transfer portal uh, part of this as well, is that, uh, you know, with the players you have coming in, none of them are guards. Let's say even if you go out and you get Dennis Evans and you get Churchill Abass, and you look at what this team could look like next year. Assuming you get those players um, and four, let's say four people come back, you still have about three scholarships to work with, um, or actually four scholarships to work with. And... You need to use that on guard play, especially if L. Ellis leaves. L. Ellis has kind of left the door open, but at this point in time, uh, who knows? I think it's probably 50-50 on whether he goes pro or whether he comes back. But even if he does come back, you still need guard play. And let's say that you got and you get a couple guards in the portal, right? You have uh, a plethora of wings on the roster. If you bring back guys like Brandon Hutley, Hatfield, Dennis Evans, or you bring in guys like Dennis Evans, you bring back guys like Brandon, Brandon Hutley, Hatfield, JJ Trainer, um, so on and so forth. You have Emmanuel Accor for Churchill Abass in the front court, so you have um, you know a good amount of players at the wing positions and in the front court, but you still need guard play. If you bring in transfer guards, you still have to plan for the future because. You look at this now as Louisville needs to be competitive this year, and they do. But they also need to make sure that they're not repeating the same process because I understand it's the, the landscape of college basketball, but if you're consistently having to um, you know, hit grand slams in the portal to make sure that you are competitive, that's not necessarily going to be a huge recipe for success in my opinion. So I think that taking a player inside of the top 90, now granted, you know, right away only a handful of prospects from – 50 to 100 in the rankings actually provide some production in year one of their respective college careers. But um, I think that Hubbard has the upside that you can bank on, uh, you know, being a tremendous scorer, can score from pretty much all three levels, create his own shot, has solid handles as well. You know, this is where a lot of people will say, well, he's not six foot four or six foot five. I'm going to be honest. I understand that style of thinking. It looks good on paper. Smaller guards don't necessarily fit the the scheme that Kenny Payne wants to run. A couple problems that I have with that, um, not necessarily trend, but with that phenomenon, with that style of thinking, 
is you are limiting yourself to some very, very good players just because they're not six foot five. I understand the advantage that you're trying to have with having, you know, larger guards that handle the ball well, but let's be honest, there aren't that many six foot five point guards. And when they do, they go to the NBA because that is definitely, um, you know, a rare commodity is having a very tall guard that is very good at handling the ball, um, you know, two guards as well. If you don't go after guard play, because at this point in time, you don't have a guard committed for next season. If you continually get guys that are 6'6 to 6'9 that can handle the ball somewhat, but they're not creators, they're not facilitators, you're going to be in the same issue that you're in this year, which is you have one guard, um, you know, one solid guard in L. Ellis, and a handful of wing hybrid two guards potentially that aren't creators, and you're going to have this same issue. I have a problem with that style of thinking. Now, granted, I'm not saying that I know more than Kenny Payne, nothing like that, but I think that if you're going to hop on this podcast, if you're going to send in the comments, well, we're not going to go after him because he's not 6'5". He's not even six foot. If you can't see the issue with that style of thinking, because of right now, Louisville's not in a position to turn away very, very talented guards, especially when guard play is a position of need. And there aren't that many David Johnson-level guards who are 6'4", 6'5", that can handle the ball and facilitate at a high level. There's just not. There's not that many out there. And if there are right now, then they have already signed somewhere. So I think that, you know, Josh Hubbard is a player that I think that, you know, Louisville, whether or not that they get a commitment from or not, I think that he's a prospect that should be on Louisville's radar, that the Cardinals should go after because he fills a direct need. At the very, I think, I won't say at the very least, but I think that there's a solid chance that even though he's ranked in the top 90, that his scoring, you know, repertoire, his ability to score the basketball he could be a depth piece, a rotational piece, that even if you go to the portal and get some guards for next season, he could play some solid minutes leading into years two and three to be able to develop into a, a solid collegiate guard. But as of right now, I, I have a problem with this. Well, he's not 6'5", when the Cardinals do not have a single guard committed for next season, and that is the number one issue for this team right now. I just can't fall under that line of thinking. I'm sorry. Um, so I, I think that the Cardinals should go after Hubbard. I think that I I like what I see on tape. Um, obviously, I'm not necessarily a professional scout or anything like that, but a guy who's the number one scorer in Mississippi history um, can score at all three levels and create for his teammates. That sounds like something you know that would be very beneficial for the Louisville Cardinals. So. Um, heading into the second segment, I want to switch gears a little bit, head into uh, women's basketball talk, where two members of the team, Haley Van Lith and Mikasa Robinson, both took home all ACC honors. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't, don't, but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you have to try a Built Bar. For me, uh, one of my holiday resolutions was eating healthier, but Mainly, um, I'm trying not to compromise taste as well. I'm doing a horrible job with that goal. But Built Bar uh, gives you the best of both worlds. They have all of the healthy components of a protein bar, but they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So you get that, um, you know, that feeling of a chocolate bar as well. They have a wide variety of flavors from churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, and more. Uh, usually, you've had to get them at Built.com, but no longer. You can go to Walmart, get a 
a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs in the pharmacy section. Or if you're not a Walmart person, you can go to Sam's Club. Grab a 13-bar box with our Hit Flavors brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. More opportunities than ever before at Built.com and at your local grocery stores. So take advantage now. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, heading into the second segment of the show, two members of the women's basketball team, Haley Van Lith, Mikasa Robinson, take home all ACC honors, first team all ACC for Haley, all first team defense for Mikasa. We'll begin with Haley uh, Van Lith, um, once again, making an all ACC team. She is 24th in the country, averaging 19.4 points per game, five rebounds per contest, going with 3.4 assists per game. Um, her shooting splits aren't the greatest, um, hasn't been extremely efficient this year, um, posting career lows in field goal percentage with 41.2 and three-point percentage with 28.7, um, but also career high in assists, career high in steals, um, so on and so forth. I think this year was one that a lot of people had high hopes for Haley Van Liff. but I don't think that she's necessarily disappointed this season. Sure, statistically speaking, she hasn't necessarily been as efficient from the field as she likely would have hoped. But I will say this. You have to understand what her role is on this team. And understand that even though she's not shooting the ball all that well, what she's been able to do this season for Jeff Walls' team is nothing short of impressive. Because Brian Trent and I talked about this on the most recent episode of the show we talked about if Louisville is going to make some noise in the ACC tournament and in the big dance, they're going to have to get consistent scoring from someone not named HVL. Because all season long, the number one issue for this team has been lack of a consistent secondary and tertiary scoring threat. A lack of a supporting cast, a consistent supporting cast for Haley Van Lith. In turn, with Louisville not being able to give her that scoring help, what opposing defenses have been able to do is, okay, we are going to throw our best defensive packages at Haley Van Lith, um, you know, force her to, you know, essentially get to the basket, forcing her to, you know, fight off double teams, not giving her much room to shoot the basketball, um, you know, essentially swarming her with the ball in her hands because we know that Louisville has had some trouble having someone else step up outside of Haley Van Lith. The scoring responsibility that Van Lith has been tasked with this season, it's unfair to her. Unfortunately, she has to deal with it, so I'm not you know, throwing a pity party or anything like that. I'm just saying that nothing she's doing is not impressive. 
because she is the um, focus of every team's defense, and yet she's still scoring 20 points per game for an offense that lacks a um, true secondary scoring threat. Obviously, we thought that that was going to be Morgan Jones. We thought that that could be CeCe Carl. We thought that that could be Olivia Cochran, Liz Dixon. And don't get me wrong, those players step up at times, but consistently, as we mentioned, um, outside of, I think it's CeCe Carr, I think not. I think one other player for the Cardinals scores in double figures. That is CeCe Carr. Peyton Verholst is in the top five in scoring averages, and she hasn't been on the team for the past couple months. So nothing short of impressive from Haley. Uh, maybe not the season that she was looking to hope for in terms of shooting percentages, but still I think that she's had a very solid season. Uh, Mikasa Robinson, the also um, the other Cardinal that was also recognized for all ACC honors. She is first team all defense, in my opinion, and in the opinion of Pretty much every other Louisville fan, she is not only probably the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, but also the National Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Mikasa. Uh, statistically speaking, nothing's going to jump off the page. 4.7 rebounds per game to go along with 2.0 steals, which two steals a game, which is really, really good. Um, and then .3 blocks. So statistically speaking, Mikasa Robinson, not necessarily jumping off the page of the box score, but Mikasa Robinson has never been... Um, you know, a box score level player. She's always been an impactful player beyond the stat sheet, a player that completely leads your team on both ends of the court, a player that is very unselfish with the basketball over the past couple games has been very solid as pretty much the go-to point guard um, and is the unsung hero of the defense. Um, I think that you see her impact when she's not on the court because you see how the Cardinals defense, I'm not going to say struggles, but you know, loses that, um, you know, loses that next level. Uh, Mikasa Robinson is a lockdown on-ball defender, does a good job of fighting over and under screens. Her uh, understanding of half-court defense and allowing her to uh, cohesively um, essentially voice, be the quarterback of the defense, I should say, um, being able to uh, switch one through four, and even guard the five at times. Obviously, only being you know five nine, five eight, five seven, uh, she's at a disadvantage going over going against players that are over six feet tall. But still, she is a player that um, you know really is never out of the picture when it comes to getting steals. Does a good job of trapping when needed to. Just an overall winning basketball player on both ends of the court, especially defensively. Um, this is no surprise to Louisville fans, just like the Haley recognition. No surprise to Louisville fans that she is first-team all-defense in the conference, um, but it's still nice to get that recognition. She has had a fantastic season defensively. Um, you know, just her swagger and her toughness. Jeff Wall said, you know, she epitomizes everything that Louisville women's basketball is, meaning, you know, that toughness, that grit, that determination, that I'm going to outwork you, and there is not a damn thing you can do about it type mentality that you get from Mikasa Robinson on a play out, play in basis, not even game in, game out, play in, play out, because she never takes one play off, uh, just an overall hustle player with an extremely solid motor, not afraid to put her body in harm's way and go after loose balls, take the charge, which she does very, very well. So uh, extremely proud of Haley Van Lith and Mikasa Robinson for their all-ACC um, honors. Obviously, the Cardinals will open up um, – 
conference tournament play on Friday when they take on the winner of Florida State and Wake Forest and Virginia um, in the quarterfinal round. I believe it's the first quarterfinal matchup of the day on Friday. I could be wrong, but regardless, Louisville looking to cut down the ACC tournament nets for the first time since 2018. They will have to go through some tough opposition to do so. So, um, for the conclusion of the show, want to dive into the weekly mailbag. Before we do that, want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, um, including YouTube and WHAS 11 Plus, five days a week, your team every day. I know um, at the beginning of the month, I said that this month was going to be very hectic when it came to scheduling. I appreciate everyone's patience and understanding when it came to the inconsistent scheduling and the programming of the shows. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I got you, you know, your uh, monthly dose of shows. Um, thankfully, we were able to hit that mark, albeit on February 28th, but still able to hit the mark nonetheless. So, regardless, we have one more segment of the month. That is the weekly mailbag. So, a couple of solid questions. First one has you know, pertaining to the men's basketball portal. Assuming that Louisville were to add Dennis Evans and Churchill Abass, how do you think Louisville fills the remaining spots? This is kind of hard to really talk about because I don't know who's going to come back, who's going to stay. I'm going to assume that, let's say Louisville brings four players back. You also, you know, talk about the additions of Karan Davis, Caleb Glenn, uh, Curtis Williams Jr., uh, Dennis Evans, and Churchill Abass. That's 10 players. Wait, 10 players? Nine players. Let's see. Abbas, Davis, Evans, Glenn, Williams. It's five and four. Okay, nine. I can't do, can't do basic math. So that leaves you four spots. Um, I think that guards. I mean, I think that guards, I, I think you're probably looking to add two to three guards via the portal. Um Guys that have played solid minutes at either the Power 5 level or have been standouts at the mid-major level. Obviously, Sky Clark is a name that a lot of people talk about. Sky Clark would be a huge addition to this program, assuming that he does officially enter the transfer portal from Illinois. Um, But he would be a great step in the right direction. Um, But I think that you need probably about two to three guards and then probably best player available, going out and getting essentially the best player you can get from the portal, regardless of position. Because, look, this team's got four wins. You're not in a position to turn down the best players because it's not like, oh, we need to find the best fit. You're past that. It's about turning the roster over and getting the best players into this um, you know, into this roster. Because I would assume that the four players, and that's actually – the next question is who do you think comes back from this team? So we're for this, you know, for this exercise, we're going to talk about four players that are going to come back. I think that Emmanuel Corfor is a player that's going to come back. Uh, the international um, prospect from the NBA Africa Academy is going to come back. Um, you know, only playing a handful of games. Um, I think that personally, I think if if you had to make me choose, I think L. Ellis maybe goes to the league. But um, I'm hoping that he were to come back. That would be big news because that you know brings back a essentially a 20 points per game score. Um, I think that Brandon Huntley Hatfield is another player that is likely going to come back. Um, and then I think two of JJ Trainer, Mike James, Devin Ree, and um, Jalen Withers. I think that those. I'm sorry, and Kamari Lance. I, I actually. 
not Devin Ray. I think Devin Ray might actually enter the portal, but Kamari Lance, Jalen Withers, JJ Trainer, and Mike James. I think two of those players will likely come back. Um, so that that's a solid, you know, nucleus of players, Emmanuel Accor for uh, but all of those players are, you know, not ball dominant guards. I mean, sure, Mike James is probably the the most of a guard on the roster of those four. But you know, Trainer Huntley Hatfield, Withers, a core four, even Kamari Lance. Uh, you know, threes, fours, and fives. I understand positionless basketball is no longer a thing, but you have to have guys that can handle the ball. You can't fall back on positionless basketball as an excuse for just going out and getting wings. I think you have to get guards as well. So I think that bringing Mike James back will be solid because, you know, he is a you know a pretty prototypical two-guard um, that can defend, that can hit the three, and also handle the ball and put the ball in the deck and go towards the basket. So um, I think players coming back, I think that that's probably – you're probably looking for players, maybe five, depending if L. Ellis comes back. But I think you're going to see a a good amount of players, um, you know, go elsewhere. So um, moving right on along, do you see any way that L. Ellis comes back? Again, I think that there's probably about a 50-50 chance. Um, He mentioned in the press conference that, you know, he's either going to come back or he's going to go to the NBA draft. Obviously, he's going to test his – um, you know, his pro stock, but I think that it's probably just going to be dependent on what he hears either overseas or from NBA draft scouts. But I think that there's a legit chance, especially if Will was able to overhaul the roster and, you know, get NIL right and put him in a position to where like, look, okay, if you come back, we're going to be in a good spot to make the tournament because, you know, if you're bringing a lot of this team back and you're trying to convince L to come back, I was like, well, you're bringing a lot of this team back from a team that literally just won four games. So I think that, uh, um, yeah, I think that there's a legitimate chance. So, do you think that Louisville could be a possible priority in terms of destination for big time transfers across the country? I think there's a couple different ways to look at this. I think that people are going to use negative recruiting against Louisville this offseason from you know lack of success and you know, um, trying to use that as a way to um, say, well, coaching isn't that great there because of the lack of success. Um, there, There's no doubt that there's going to be some negative recruiting, but I think that Louisville is a blue blood program with ample playing time available uh, with an opportunity to um, play in front of a very passionate fan base and fantastic facilities in a power five conference. Um, but also, If Louisville gets the NIL right, which Josh Hurd has been adamant on, um, the 502 circle has been great. Kenny Payne recently has voiced his, um, you know, his support in favor of NIL. If Louisville can get NIL figured out like they have on the football side of things, you have NIL, you have a blue blood program that has ample playing time that you can go get some production at um, in front of, you know, a very, very solid basketball market. I find trouble to believe that Louisville couldn't go out and get some solid recruits or solid transfers from the portal. So that's going to wrap up the final episode of February. Have a great day, and we'll see you right back here in March.